Where Ideas Launch, the podcast for the sustainable innovator. We won't save the planet by recycling 50% of our waste. We save it by not creating waste. Season two goes heavily into circular business models and innovation while creating a space to discuss issues important to our society, like education. Join me and my guest as we explore and create pathways toward a future for the planet. Kathleen Mears-Martin is an environmental activist and author of a new series of children's books called The Eco-Protection Squad. After traveling in Asia in 2016, Kathy became more aware of single-use waste and began to research the problem and the solutions linked to it. She co-founded a company, Green Team, and started an account called Sustainable Ideas to share advice and guidance. She's a Keep Britain Tidy ambassador and an environmental ambassador for the Women's Environmental Network. Kathy quit her job in December 2019 to focus completely on her passion for a cleaner planet. She became a recycling advisor and began to work on the Eco Protection Squad, a team of super kids helping to save Terra Earth from Bill McGreedy and his band of eco squashes. I can't wait to get my hands on a copy of this book. Kathy, welcome to Where Ideas Launch. Thank you, Catherine. I'm so happy to be on here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's wonderful to have you. So I really wanted to understand why you decided to start this project of the Eco Protection Squad. Tell us about that. <laughs> um, this was a more recent thing. I started this in 2020, January 2020. But actually what led me to even getting on this journey of writing the book um, was back in 2016 when I suddenly became aware of plastic in my surroundings and I happened to be in a completely different country which I was very fortunate um, to be in um, and it was Cambodia and I just remember being in this beautiful waterfall area and seeing some plastic bottles and some bags um, at the bottom of this waterfall so I grabbed one of the bags, started putting the rubbish in and collecting it, and then also realizing that there's this wicker basket that they used as a bin. Um, and it just started making me think more about um, rubbish and how it got to where it was and what we can do about it. So when I returned back to the UK, I did a little bit of digging to, to our systems that we have in the UK um, and realizing how fortunate we are, first of all, that we have a recycling facility and we have this process that we can use but also how incredibly confusing it is to understand exactly what should be recycled there are labels that have um, the mobius loop which is the recycling symbol um, on everything which people then think oh we can recycle this but actually it comes down to what your council can even accept and what they've then got a chain to to sell off to afterwards so it's not as simple as this item is recyclable and that's something that ultimately I'm trying to, you know, I want to help promote and work towards that it does need to be a lot easier. So um, it was knowing how complicated this is, doing a bit of research. And then I was fortunate enough to get um, a, a part-time recycling role, um, advisory role with Keep Britain Tidy, where I was also meeting people who were struggling with recycling and talking to them about what they should or shouldn't put in the bins, but hearing their side of the story firsthand as well. Um, it was just really insightful and it just made me realise that there is education there, it's just it's incredibly difficult to find it. So I wanted to find a way to make that so simple for people to understand and then together we can all hopefully put pressure on the governments and the companies um, to make it a lot easier for us. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great because one of the things that I notice about, about making my decisions about recycling, sometimes it has the Mobius loop, but 
it's not even saying that it is recycled. It's sometimes it's actually telling you that it's not recyclable, but they have paid to to be able to create this waste, right? So they've paid some kind of tax or fee to be able to create this plastic waste, which which is even more confusing. Yes. And, and basically, this idea behind the Mobius loop was to show that it could be recycled. And ultimately, most items can be recycled. It just depends on whether you've got the money to recycle it and whether it's even worth it, um, which is why a company like TerraCycle does an amazing job because they actually recycle the, the not commonly recycled items and turn them into new things such as park benches. Um, but it's really not you're not recycling like for like, you're degrading it as you go along. Mm -hmm. And even more compli uh, complicated is plastic. There are seven different types of plastic, but not everybody really knows or understands this. So in the Mobius loop on a plastic item, it's, especially if it's a hard plastic item, it might have a number inside it, like a one, two, um, five, six type thing. And depending on that number, denotes whether you can or can't recycle it. Now, most councils can recycle plastic bottles, but they might not be able to recycle yogurt tubs, for example, even though they seem really similar, they're both hard plastics. Clear trays that you get for mushrooms, um, not necessarily mushrooms, but fruits or some veg that's got that hard clear tray, that's not recyclable everywhere either, even though that's good quality plastic. So it's just, um, it's just incredibly complicated um, and a bit mind blowing, but hopefully I'm trying to make this really simple for people to just um, understand what you can and can't recycle and how we can then make it better for us moving forwards. <laughs> That's great. And tell us about the journey. So in 2020, January, you know, before any of the craziness started, you started <laughs> this book. Tell us about yeah. your journey to make this book come, become a reality, even through an incredible pandemic. <laughs> So um, in hindsight, I'm not sure whether it was the right decision or, or not, but I actually quit my job in um, and I left uh, my last day was in December 2019. So um, knowing that I then obviously didn't have um, a guaranteed income, but obviously this was still pre-COVID um, was was exciting at the time. The reason I left my job was to pursue something that was more environmentally friendly and I wanted to share my knowledge of to a wider audience. And it was when I was chatting with my mother-in-law um, that we hit upon the idea of creating characters um, to portray certain aspects of waste and then having them, them being the baddie team and then me creating like this goody team to counteract them, to show people what you can do. So um, that started off in January. And I think my very first character, my very first two characters were single use Sally from the Eco Squashers. Um, and she's a hoot to write because she's really naughty. Um, and Danny Dugooder, who is the team lead for the Eco Protection Squad. And he was kind of loosely based on my husband because his name was Dan. So I kind of wanted to put that in the book. <laughs> and he wears a cap. <laughs> That's great. So tell us about these characters. Get into them for us. <laughs> so the Eco Protection Squad um, are a team of super kids, a team of diverse super kids who are helping save Terra, Mother Earth, from Bill McGreedy and his band of eco squashers. The Eco Protection Squad have characters such as, as I say, the team lead, Danny Dugooder. Um, you've then got Plastic Free Preval. She's the litter picking legend for the group and she's also um, the defender of the group. You've got Recycling Ramesh. He knows anything you could throw at him about recycling. Um, you've got Reusable Ralph. He will always find a way to reuse an item. And he is also the, the mischievous one from the group. Um, so it's kind of like just watch out in case he, uh, he does something silly. Like you'll see in the book, he throws 
soda over his teammates to clean them off instead of using water because it was just fun. <laughs> it's going to be sticky for them, but it was fun. And then the eco squashes. You've got Bill McGreedy, who is in charge of them. He basically doesn't really care about anything. He just wants to grow his bank account and, and make as much money as possible. And he's got characters such as single-use Sally, who every time um, she stomps her foot, she'll shed plastic. And it's, it's not just plastic, sorry. It's any single-use item. Um, she'll just shed it around and create extra waste. And she works really well with the toxic twins, who are Gabby Garbage and Larry Landfill. And they come around and the more rubbish that they eat, um, the bigger and slimier and stickier and smellier they get. And um, they're sort of like a, a duo. They'll always be seen together. Um, but yeah, they're sort of really fun characters. There's more characters to be revealed as well in later books as well, such as Turn the Tap Off Tilly um, and Wally Water Waste. Um, and then you've got Energy Etsuko, so and Climate Change Carry. So there's there's always one on the good side and there's a counteracting one on, on the bad side to sort of show you um, a, a way that is maybe currently happening and a way to sort of give you tips and ideas for changes that you can make at home that sort of means that you're being a little bit more eco-friendly, but probably not having a huge impact on your lifestyle anyway. That's amazing. I love these characters. Tell us a little bit about maybe the one thing you would do differently now that you've been through this journey? <laughs> um, to be honest, I probably, um, when I first tried to, to set this up, I decided that maybe I should try a crowdfunding scheme in order to help raise awareness and build up money for that. Um, and that's because I obviously, I wasn't able to work at the time. Um, and it was a real struggle trying to get any types of jobs. I had to leave my flat and, and move home. And I basically, um, I just wasn't able to raise the funds that I needed from the crowdfunding. So instead what I did was I actually um, just put it all on like a credit card. Um, and I'm now, you know, I've taken a risk of myself and I actually wish that I'd taken that risk a bit earlier because there were obviously some expenses that I paid as a result of doing the crowdfunding side that I wish I, I could have kept and carried on doing it just if I believed in myself a little bit sooner. Um, so that's probably the biggest change that I would I would make. And what was the most rewarding part of this journey for you? It's actually right now it's um, I've had a couple of people join in so every month there is a monthly mission that goes alongside um, what the characters are trying to achieve and this month has been recycling with Ramesh and it's just understanding your recycling at home a little bit better. And with these monthly missions, it's something that I'm running on social media where you can win a copy of my book and a litter picker. So I'm um, collaborating with a fantastic company called The Helping Hand Company and they've donated 12 litter pickers to me for, for this year. So one, one per month, which is incredible. Um, and it's actually just seeing a couple of people whom I don't recognize their names entering these, um, entering their recycling with Ramesh mission. And it, it actually uh, brought tears to my eyes when I saw them because it's just giving me such a buzz that, that people are enjoying it um, and that they're loving it. And the funny thing is, I still haven't seen a copy of my finished printed book because I'm currently in the States. So anyone who's already received it by now has already seen it and played with it and used it more than me. Well, <laughs> I haven't seen it at all. So um, I've, I've been told that the quality is excellent. <laughs> the pictures look amazing. I, I, this this book excites like me really. I don't have kids, but I wanna, I wanna get my own copy as well. So I'm, I'm working toward that as well. So I guess my, my final question will be, why don't you share with the audience an excerpt from this book? 
so that they can experience what this is like. Okay. <laughs> and excuse me if I do slightly different voices. Um, I've got a section where we sort of are slightly introduced to single use Sally. But to set the scene of the story, um, in this very first book, Danny Dugooder and Plastic Free Pavel are going to a park to meet um, their friend, Beth. But when they once they've sat there, there's more and more people that start um, joining in and coming. And as a result, there's more and more litter that's created. So um, it's just sort of seeing how the eco squashes pop up and what happens. Okay, so are you ready? <laughs> Before long, more and more people enter the park to enjoy the nice weather. This makes it busier, noisier and messier. Beth carries on chatting happily, but Danny is looking around. He begins to feel uneasy. Lots of people are littering. Oh, says Beth, did you hear they found a new frog species? How cool is that? I love those riveting slimy jumpers. That's very cool, says Danny distractedly. The bins aren't full, yet a lot of rubbish is on the ground. There are drink cans, bottles, cigarette butts, wrappers, napkins, gloves, and lots and lots of masks. Danny jumps to his feet. Trunks, Prevail, look around. With all this litter, we're likely to be attacked by the eco-squashers. Whoa, says Beth, looking around. I don't understand why people don't put their rubbish in the bin or take it home with them or even recycle it. The bin men will pick it up though, right? Beth doesn't notice her napkin tugging free. Just as it's about to float off in the breeze, Danny catches it and says, maybe, but it's not their responsibility to clean it up. We're all responsible for our own rubbish. He turns to Prevel. Right, we need to prepare for the eco-squash. But before he could finish, a loud ear-piercing cackle cuts him off. <laughs> it will be wonderful if people listening to this program can go and check you out. Tell them how you, they can find your book. Thank you so much. Um, so you can find it if you just search um, ecoprotectionsquad.com. There's a specific website for them online. Um, they're also on Instagram at ecoprotection.squad um, and also on Facebook as well as the Eco Protection Squad. So I'm, I'm also on Twitter, actually. <laughs> so you can find me through all, all those social media channels. Um, but yes, just search online www.ecoprotectionsquad.com. Perfect. And your book is not available on Amazon. It's not available on, on normal channels at the moment. At the moment, no. Um, that's a very conscious decision. Um, I have, the, with the printed book, I am selling that directly at the moment, or I am trying to source um, some independent bookshops that uh, have the same ethics and ethos as the Eco Protection Squad. It's one of my top priorities. Um, it's also why I chose the specific printer that I, I'm using as well, because they're FSC approved. They work with the Woodland Trust. Um, they themselves actually also do litter picks, um, et cetera, as well. They're called Ashley House and they've got some excellent green credentials. Um, there is going to be an ebook, but that hasn't been released yet. And when that one gets released, there will be a version available for Kindle um, on Amazon and, and some of the other channels. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> Really great to know. Thanks, Kathy, so much for, for sharing this, these gems of gold with us. And I look forward to getting my own copy of the Eco Protection Squad very soon. Thank you very much, Catherine. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. This podcast was brought to you today by Career Sketching with Catherine Ann Byam and the space where ideas launch. Career Sketching is a leadership development and coaching brand offering personalized career transition and transformation services. 
The Space for Ideas launch offers high-performance group leadership coaching and strategy facilitation to businesses in the food and health sectors. To find out more, contact Catherine Ann Byam on LinkedIn.